Hey everyone, my name is Todd Schmink, and welcome to the From the Couch, where I dive into a variety of mental health topics designed to give you greater insight into how your mind works so that you will have greater psychological flexibility. Today's topic I'm going to be talking about what is the main purpose of the mind? So what is the main job of the mind? I ask this question because a lot of times those that I'm working with we get we get stuck. There's repetitive thoughts, things that show up over and over and over again and we expend a lot of time and a lot of energy on, on working with this. So when I discover that somebody is constantly cycling on something, something that's sometimes out of their control, sometimes it's taking too long uh, for there to be any resolution to an issue at hand, uh, or sometimes they just don't know why. They just keep having these thoughts over and over and over again. So I ask the question, what is the main purpose of the mind? Now a lot of times people don't necessarily know how to answer this question because, well, how often have you been asked what's the main purpose of your mind? And they'll say, well, it's to, it's to keep me alive, it's to keep me uh, doing things that I'm supposed to be doing, or it, it regulates my heart, it regulates my body. So first off, there's a difference between your brain and the biological functions uh, that are happening to keep you alive, such as your breathing, um, things like blinking, things like your heart doing its thing, uh, which is obviously in things that we actually with sensations that we might feel but then there's the mind and the mind is kind of that that voice the voice that's in the back of your head the the voice that right now is going what what mind what is he talking about or maybe your your mind is saying yes I know exactly what that mind is but they're, they're the thoughts and part of the reason I ask about what's the main purpose of the mind is because a lot of times people that I'm working with including myself when I reflect on this, is that we get lost, we become fused with the thoughts, with the mind, what the mind is actually doing. So here it is, the main purpose of the mind. The main purpose of the mind is to solve problems. It makes meaning. Some I've actually heard it referred to once as a meaning-making machine. But it, it's adding and it's making the meaning for the primary purpose of trying to solve a problem. Now, if you think about it, it's a really good thing that our mind likes to solve problems. There's plenty of problems, there's plenty of issues that we run into on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, it's a great idea for the mind to take charge and have us look both ways before we cross the street. But if we go back even further, let's go back 100,000 years ago, I'm grateful that we have a mind and that we're able to come up with solutions for problems. At that time, simply the, the problem of, oh, it's raining. I really don't like having rain hit me in the head and soak everything. Uh, I wish there was a way we could not have to deal with this all the time. And so we created a roof. And another issue or problem I can think of that I'm grateful for is the automobile or the airplane. Those would be things that our mind perceived as a problem. The problem being how do we travel from here to there much more quickly. 
there'd be other problems too. How do we keep our food cool so that it lasts longer? Um, and originally we had root cellars in places that we would keep our food cool so that it would last longer and not spoil. So as you can see, there are plenty of issues out there that require our mind's attention. But here's the thing, everything I've described so far are external. There are things that are outside of the body. So the needing to travel faster, the needing to have a roof over the head, insulation, find heat, make money, find food, all of those things, the mind does an incredibly good job. It does run into a problem once in a while when it cannot change the how fast or how quickly we're working towards a solution. And oftentimes we don't get too hung up on that because we do, we, the mind is able to add meaning. It is able to see a pattern. It's able to see a sequence. And therefore it can do other things in the meantime. I mean, we have plenty of problems. And from a philosophical standpoint, and another one of my talks, we have 88 problems. But that's for another time. Anyways, we have plenty of things to keep the mind occupied. So that even if we have long-term goals and we're thinking about things that are coming down the pipe, there are other short-term goals. Or perhaps you just have a headache, and so we take an aspirin, short-term goal. But these are all external. What about when the, the whole issue or the problem is internal? Well, first people, some people, I have a headache, internal, so I take an aspirin. Like, well, except that you're still dealing with the physical body. You know, you're dealing with an actual tangible body. And in that aspect, it's still external. It's still outside of the mind. If you're familiar with the, the four quadrants that I have talked about or have written about on my blog page, there's an internal and an external of an individual. There's an internal and there's an external of the collective. So everything that the mind can work on is external. It's, it's going after and is very good at coming up with solutions for all the external aspects. However, when it comes to emotions, when it comes to feelings that are in our body, coming up with a solution, coming up with a, a being able to address that as a problem is much more difficult. Why is that? Well, have you ever tried to change your emotions? Go ahead, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a chance to, to play with this, this concept for a second. I would like for you to actually change your current emotional state. So if you're in a calm mood, or maybe you're in a curious mood, or perhaps you're in, maybe you're in a bad mood, uh, or an anxious mood, I would like for you to immediately change from the mood you're in to the opposite mood. And I'm going to give you about three seconds to try that. So if you're feeling depressed, I want you to feel happy. If you're feeling anxious, I want you to feel calm. Go. Okay, so at this point, you should be feeling the exact opposite. Except you're probably not. In fact, out of the hundreds of people that I've worked with and I've done this exercise with, nobody has been able to just change that inner state, their emotional state, on a dime. Now, there have been some people who are very smart at trying to play with this particular challenge, and so they will act depressed if they were, if they were happy right before. Or if they're depressed, they might actually put on a smile. 
But that's really the same as putting on a mask. It doesn't necessarily cover up how you actually feel in the body. And in fact, I would be willing to bet money that when you're not feeling a particular way, you will put on a mask, especially in a social situation, right? But it doesn't actually change how we feel inside because emotions just cannot be changed that quickly. They typically will come and go of their own accord and they may show up for really no major reason whatsoever. Now, underneath that though, one of the things I like to work with people, the mind is constantly trying to solve a problem. So if you wake up in the morning and you do feel agitated, it's not a bad idea to do a grounding exercise, which you can actually find on my website as well. Um, a centering exercise, a mindfulness exercise, or just simply check in and see, am I sore? Maybe you went to the gym the day before and you're actually sore. Your body is just tense, it's sore. Uh, maybe the day before you had a meeting that was pretty intense or you have a meeting coming up which is pretty intense. So there's a certain amount of anxiety in place. You're agitated because of an upcoming, you're almost getting ready for battle. And in that case, I would actually say that that would be completely to be expected. But let's just say that there's nothing coming up. You have the weekend off, nowhere that you have to go, and you wake up on Saturday morning and you feel depressed or you feel anxious. For a lot of people I work with, this is the reality. Well, part of it comes down to they are out of touch with their body. And this is a very common thing here in our culture in the U.S. We're not paying attention. We're actually brought up to ignore some of our emotions and to ignore our physical sensations. We're rational. We're supposed to be in our head. Think it through. Suck it up. Move on. These are all messages that we get. They devalue the emotional side. They devalue the sensation side. Actually, when I ask people, how does this feel actually in your body? Most people, when I ask them this, have no way to relate that to me. They, they simply say, I feel anxious. I say, what does it feel like to be anxious? They can't answer. Some might say, well, I think I feel something in my neck, maybe. Or they'll be like, oh, it's definitely in my stomach. Now, those who the sensation is extremely strong, they can usually tell me, I feel nauseous, I feel dizzy, I get sweaty, I have a headache, the, it hurts across the top of my head. That's, those are the types of things I'm asking you to pay attention to. When the mind detects that the physical body is not feeling so good, it is not where it normally is, it's not in a state of equilibrium, it's in a state of disequilibrium, it's in a state of pain or dis-ease, the mind starts trying to solve the problem. wonder why I feel like this. Gosh, I feel down. I have no idea why I feel down. All these thoughts, and think about it, how many thoughts do you actually have in a day? 100? 200? 500? Thousands? It's kind of like a radio station, which is constantly on. Thought after thought after thought after thought after thought after thought. After thought. So it detects this, you detect this, and it starts to try to rationalize, to try to come up with why is this the way it is? Uh, then it must just be I'm feeling sad. So then how do we get rid of feeling sad? Because feeling sad is bad. I want to feel happy. 
or at least I want to feel content. And then you get stuck in the trap. You're running around in a circle in your mind over and over and over again trying to solve that problem. A problem which cannot be solved. Now, some people might say, well, no, that's not true. I can actually go and watch a movie and the movie will make me laugh and my emotions just changed, right? Except that when the movie's done and you have to drive back home, on your way home, you feel the old mood returning. So that would be a, an avoidance tactic. That would be a distraction. You could go and play a video game and you feel good when you're playing it. You win. Yeah. You feel happy, instant gratification. Then you turn off the computer and now you feel even doubly depressed. So the emotion was never really addressed. It was never really sat with. It was never accepted. It was pushed away. It was pushed under. It was ignored. And then it's back. And the mind does its thing and tries to solve the problem. And so we end up in that repetitive thought cycle all over again. So I invite you to start to play around. Notice when your mind is doing the thing it's doing. And if you begin to notice that you're having these repetitive thoughts which continuously come back, you can ask or you could try a couple of the following things. Just simply notice that you're thinking these particular thoughts. What is it? I wonder why I'm feeling like this. I wonder why I'm feeling like this. I shouldn't be feeling like this. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Oh, I'm thinking that I shouldn't be feeling like this. I'm thinking this. I'm noticing that I'm thinking that I shouldn't be feeling like this. This is one way to begin to diffuse away. So we have the emotional state and we have a thought about it and they get collapsed together and we begin to act as if it's fact. But it's not necessarily so. Like I said, there are times when this is very useful. What I have found is that a lot of times when a person's values are not being followed, are not being met, then we have emotional disequilibrium. We have uh, emotional discourse. It's, it's kind of out of whack. We got to go in and do some adjustments. We start to follow our values slowly then over time. When we realign, a lot of the emotional difficulties will subside. They never go away. We have a full range of emotions that will never go away. But, like I said, this particular piece, I was really trying to focus on the mind solving things, which is what the mind is good at. And it's a concept that is often overlooked. So, the diffusion tactic, I notice that I'm thinking whatever the thought happens to be, is a great way to, to, to start to develop an ability to be more aware and therefore accepting of the thought and the emotion and even the sensation in the body. Now if you realize I'm just sore, you can go take an aspirin, fantastic. But if it's an underlying sense of depression or anxiety, well we need to just look at that, sit with it, just be with it. Is worrying about it, is focusing and pushing it away and fighting with it workable? Does it actually give you the outcome that you want? Or would it be the value? For instance, I, I work with somebody who I love the fact that this person will go out to the garden. It's one of the things they actually value. It's one of the things I actually value. It's just probably why this story sticks out in my head. So this person 
wakes up and is dealing with depression for a very good reason. There's events going on in this person's life. And they go out into the garden. Now you might think that that's a distraction. And if you were doing it all the time, it might very well be a distraction. However, this person has identified this as a place of peace and a place where they can put their hands into the dirt, be part of the process of life, and they value that, they value nature. And even though they'll tell me, even when I'm in the garden, that emotion doesn't go away, the depressed feeling didn't go away. It subsided. We, it was put into something much larger. The container, instead of being trapped in your house and thinking about this thought and allowing this emotion to just overwhelm that person, they went outside, they went into the garden, they did something that's important to them, they were in action, and they expanded it. And it just lessened just a little bit. It's kind of like if you had salt in a glass of water and you tried to drink it, it's going to be, well, it's not going to taste that great. But if you took that same glass of water and you dumped it into a large vat of water, a large thing of water, and then you pulled something out of the tap, you would still taste the salt, but it would be less. This is one way to begin to deal with those emotional pieces. And this involves paying attention to the fact that your mind is trying to solve the problem. I hope you enjoyed this. And if you like what I was talking about, please be sure to like this channel. You can also visit me at the website, which is listed below as well. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, my name is Todd Schmink.